What's up, everyone? In this episode, I travel with my daughter Callie to Vancouver to see Bert Kreischer. The night after the show, we had a few spiced rum and cokes and sat in our room at the Residence Inn and had a good old chat. Callie and I always have a good time. I don't think we ever had that period where the teenage daughter hates her dad. Well, I think things got a bit rough when her mom and I separated, but other than that, we're buds. Before we get started, let's have a quick plug for guests. It's tough to do this podcast without interesting people that are willing to have a few drinks and then record the conversation. If you think that might be you, get in touch with me either through loosenconversational.com or the Facebook page. I live in Calgary now, but I travel back to Edmonton every now and then. We can also do this remotely, but... You know, in this season and going forward, I need you to drink. I need you to get loose. This just doesn't work if you don't drink. And if you don't drink, and that's a lifestyle decision you've made, hey, all the power to you. I'm not judging at all. It's just, that's not what this podcast is about. Uh, So anyway, we aren't going to record with people that don't drink anymore. We have standards and values after all. All right. Well, enjoy the episode, friends. Welcome to the Loose and Conversational Podcast. Season two, unofficially, kind of officially. This technically isn't the first episode of season two, because when I released our last episode a year ago, or that we recorded over a year ago, I called it season two, episode one. So this is technically season two, episode two, except it's not. It really would be season two, episode one, but I mean, it's all arbitrary and made up. I think a year later, you can't just carry on seasons after a year. Yeah, I don't even know why we bother to call it seasons. We, we said we were going to end the first season, and then we had every intention of starting up a season two, and then we never did, because life got in the way. So a little bit about that really quickly. First off, Jen's not here. We're actually recording on Jen's birthday, and Jen said she was free until 6 p.m., and it is currently 7 p.m. where we are, except Jen is in Alberta, and we are in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia which is means it's 7 p.m. here, it's 8 p.m. there. And, of course, today is co-host Jen's... Birthday. Birthday. Happy birthday, Jen. Sorry you couldn't be with us, but... Your birthday party is probably going to be better than this. Probably not. Probably not. There's probably kids running around her birthday. We don't have any kids here. They're her kids. She probably likes them. Yeah, probably. But not not guaranteed. Not at a birthday party. I have been to many of your birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, but I was never a child. Oh, you mean as a child. Yeah, so we should introduce our guest today. A guest that... <laughs> When we first started the old Loose and Conversational podcast, we are in Vancouver right now uh, instead of our usual place. And we'll get to the usual place and uh, because Callie and I no longer live in the same city. There's so much to catch you guys up on. There's so much has happened in the past year. It's crazy. But right now we're in Vancouver. And why are we in Vancouver, Callie? Because we went to see my favorite comedian, Bert Kreischer, yeah, for Bert my Kreischer, birthday. Who is also a bit of a podcaster. Not a bit. That is, I would say, probably his mainstream of income. Yeah, so just to ride on the Burt Kreischer uh, thing, we saw him last night. We saw him on Friday. He was really fantastic, My although... loving father bought me tickets to it. Yeah, fourth row. Good seats. Good seats indeed. We could see the lint in his belly button. Right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Bert, we really loved your show. You're fantastic, and I'm sure you're listening to this. <laughs> but you need to take care of yourself. I think we both left that show a little worried about you. We all like to have fun, but... Ugh. He definitely does look worse in person than he does on TV, but, you know, who doesn't? Yeah. You look like you have stage four something, Bert. We're not sure what it is, but... He is actually very into healthcare and stuff like that. Yeah, he looks like it. He, on the road, he has brought a trainer with him on this tour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good. 
<clears throat> Even in the show, he said he lost twenty pounds. You couldn't tell. He poked fun at his own his own looks, but it's not. I'm not judging a guy because he's he's a little out of shape. I mean, I'm I'm probably in worse shape than he is in a lot of ways. Uh, just we, you know, I like the guy. I care about him. It would be terrible to see something bad happen to him. And he kind of has waves the flag for the big fat party guy, and we don't want to see. We don't want to give ammunition to people who tell big fat party guys they need to, you know, stop drinking and start eating more vegetables and behave and stuff like that. You know, we want these guys to be healthy and, and still have fun. Anyway, keep doing what you're doing, but you're fantastic. Anyways, that's why we're in Vancouver. We're both wearing Burt Kreischer, our birdie boy relapse, uh, tour. relapse tour t-shirts that we bought, which weren't that bad. They were like 25 bucks a shirt or something they like that. They were 100% $50. Oh yeah, they were 50 bucks a shirt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> that's right. For, screw you being reasonable. How dare you screw us? Uh, but the thing that stands out for the show, aside from how funny it was, was the absolutely ridiculous lineup we had to stand in to get in. I don't think that was on him, but more the theater. Oh yeah, not on him. Well, I don't know who it's on. I don't know who it's on, but it's it was okay because it was a, night, a beautiful evening in Vancouver. We made sure we were there a half an hour early so that we would have time to get in, buy a shirt, get a drink or two. We were the late show. One was at 7 and one was at 9.30. We were the 9.30 show. So we got there at nine and we found even half an hour early the absolute longest lineup i've ever been in i mean it wrapped around the block but i would say a half a one a two two and a half blocks we we lined up we lined up two and a half blocks away from the entrance and at the beginning it wasn't a lineup it was just people standing we were just losers standing in mall well like like two blocks of it was a lineup and then it just turned into anarchy and mayhem because we didn't know where to go. And then Callie says it was security who came out and showed us where to go. But I didn't know. Just all of a sudden, everybody started running in the other direction. Pandemonium. So we went with them. And then all of a sudden, we were standing right beside his tour bus, which was really cool because we thought it would be really cool to find out where his tour bus was. So we found out that. But then we realized somebody had just had the sense to line us all up. So we lined up. But then we got in and it was fine. Uh, I should introduce my guest this this uh, fine beginning of uh, season two before we talk about everything that's gone on in the past year. Uh, you've heard her referred to many times in the podcast. She is an avid fan of the show. And she's my daughter, Callie Agnes Keem. Hello all, I have a dazzling sense of humor and personality that you should be so honored to hear. Yeah, absolutely. When we first started the podcast, she was not old enough to drink, but now, old enough to drink. Not where we are, though. Well, we won't talk about that. Let's keep that between us. <laughs> By the time this is released, we'll be far, far away from British Columbia and there. Well, you're almost old enough to drink in British Columbia. Yeah, well, short by like, what, 18 days, 17 days? 18 days. Yeah. yeah. Which is nothing. Yeah, I feel like this won't be released in three weeks anyways. Yeah, we were honest... When we went for dinner before the show last night, and we didn't order you an alcoholic drink. I was thinking about this. I very easily could have just ordered an well, alcoholic server, drink. Well, the server asked why you didn't get a yeah, Long Island. Yeah, when I got a nice tea, she was like, oh, I should have made it a Long yeah, Island. Yeah, I should have made it a Long Island. We're like, I, well. When you were young, well, I know you and I had very different young bar experiences, and you went out pre-legal age. Do you ever have a fake ID? No, I didn't need one. I looked old enough. Same. I, I, got, I got busted twice when I was underage, and that was it. I get ID'd maybe one out of 20 times. You don't look young. No, I don't. And especially when I have my glasses on, I don't look young at all. It's your gray hair. I do fear. I fear that I am balding. I check my scalp out every day. You're not balding. Callie's a bit of a hypochondriac, although she is under the weather right now. So th that was the other funny thing I was going to say. She didn't need to drink last night because she literally was, was uh, <laughs> it's like she had a flask of cough syrup because we were paranoid that we'd be sitting four rows and we were right in front of him. Like we were right in front of the dude, right? Yeah. And uh, we made eye contact at one point. 
Yeah, yeah. He made sure to talk to everybody in the first row, and he talked to one person in, I think, the third row. Before rows back, you don't get talked to. That was it. I don't think I would have been able to respond if he had started talking, so I was glad. Like, I would have been... I hate audience participation. That's why I don't listen to improv or go to improv shows. I wouldn't have wanted to be talked to. I like to just watch. Yeah, whatever he was going to do, if I'd had an opportunity to say something, I was going to do something to embarrass you. Because he talks about his daughters a lot, so I was just going to make sure that whatever he said to me, if I had an opportunity to say anything, I was going to point out that my, I was here with my daughter. But it never happened. I'm honestly glad, glad of that. You know, we were talking a bit, a bit about Burt Kreischer, you and I, because uh, you like him. You're a fan of his. Big fan. I used to be a fan of his, and I would say after a show last night, I'm a fan again. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but I was uh, I was a little light on my Burt Kreischer fandom going into it. I'm heavy on the fandom. I know more about him than one should. I listen to both of his podcasts every week. I watch all of his specials. I follow him in on TikTok, Instagram. Doesn't he have at least three podcasts? He's got Two Bears, One Cave, Burt Cast. Cast, and that one he does with uh, the angry, baldish, redheaded guy. I don't know who that is. Uh, and his wife has a podcast called Wife of the Party, and I always listen when he is on. Oh, she has her own podcast? Got every all those guys have podcasts. Any dum-dum can have a podcast. This I, I, being an example. I stopped being a fan of his, I would say, when uh, I started listening to Two Bears, One Cave too much. And it's almost like the two of them, Tom Segura, who he does the, the podcast, which I'm sure you guys know. If you're listening to this, you probably listen to those guys. They just get a little too full of themselves. Yeah. And they start talking like they have some other set of skills other than they're funny. Which is a great thing. Like, I'm not saying what they do is easy. But, you know, they start to get condescending. And the worst is when they start to have opinions on things that don't involve being funny. I don't like Tom without Bert. My favorite podcast, Are You Garbage, this is Are You Garbage. And the episode with Bert Kreischer and Are You Garbage, I cried laughing driving home from Calgary. With the one with Tom Segura, it wasn't as funny. Because I don't think Tom Segura is as funny as Bert Kreischer is. It's funny. I'd say Tom Segura is, oh, he's definitely not as funny. I've sat with at least two different people watching a Tom Segura comedy special. And they're like, I don't get it. They like, his his humor is really dry. But his, his pacing is also kind of weird. Anyway, he's no he's no great comic. He's all right. I mean, he does better than we do. He has a mansion in Austin, so he's obviously doing something. Yeah, he's got a lake house. You know, he's very successful. He's, we won't we'll take that away from the guy. But it's almost like I was listening to, I remember one specific episode, and it's like they started kind of shit-talking other people. Like, you don't have what we have, and you aren't who we are, and we're more successful than anybody else we meet and stuff like that. And it's like, you're kind of talking down to the people who are the reason that you have what you have. Like, you didn't invent a product. You didn't, no. you know, if, if Tom Segura hadn't created your mom's house, like the podcast network, somebody else would have. Right? It was honestly more right place, right time, and being able to take advantage of an opportunity. You know, he didn't he didn't invent a better mousetrap or anything like that. But last night, Bart Kreischer did say, like, he did thank his fans. Oh, he did, yeah. That's and, one of the things that made me like him again. And that he was at the lowest point in his life when people started listening to The Machine Story, and that's why he is where he is. And I didn't realize that he only became popular or, like, really famous. I just used air quotes there, but you can't see that. Six years ago. And the best thing about Burt Kreischer was his the stories he would tell in his laugh. So then I started listening to any podcast that Burt Kreischer was on. Like, I'll listen to any podcast that Norm MacDonald was on. Or any podcast that... Uh, David Spade. David Spade, yeah. They, any podcast that David Spade's on. Because they just make really good guests. They could talk about anything. And these guys would still be really, really good. And then Burt, I, I think he... I think one of the things about comedians... And by the way, we apologize that it's yet another podcast about comedians. We're not comedians. We're just fans of comedy. One of the things that comedians 
hope for and then get and then try to extend and make the most of is their 15 minutes of fame. You know, Andy Warhol said everybody gets 15 minutes of fame. And there's nothing worse than a comedian who doesn't understand that they only have 15 minutes. But it's like Bert's done a good job of like really holding on to it. But he, he didn't really have this early thing where he was really, really funny. And then he his comedy specials come out and they're less and less funny. He came out with a really good story, the machine story. But honestly, it's not that funny. It's my least favorite Burt Kreischer story. But it created this whole mythos. And, and, you know, whether it's true or not, like his, his you know, his university years, his, his status as like a legendary partier and stuff like that, it sort of built this thing up. And I think last night he did a really good job of just playing to it. He doesn't try to be something he's not, which is on stage, which is great. And I think that's wonderful. Do you have a least favorite comedian? Mm, probably. I 100% do. That was just my lead in. Amy Schumer. Mm, yes, me too. I, Amy Schumer, she, she showed up in uh, the second season of Only Murders in the Building. Then I'm like, if this chick's in the whole thing, I'm, I'm not watching. Luckily, she's in like one episode and maybe two episodes and then that's it. But holy, what a hack. One of my favorite things to listen to is comedians or celebrities autobiographies on Audible. I was like, not a fan of hers, but I didn't hate her until I listened to her audiobook on Audible. It was so uncomfortable. I have not finished it. What made it so uncomfortable? Um, really just her personality and her stories. Yeah. And the fact that she's a hack and she, she basically stole material from other people. And she was the one person who realized once she had her 15 minutes, she was going to milk her 15 minutes. And I actually respected her for that because I think she even came out and kind of said that, like, I'm going to do everything I can until I'm a nobody. But it's just like the weird, the weird turns her career has taken and, and how, like, I, I honestly feel it's awkward watching her on camera. Yeah. I, like the next person, enjoy offensive comedy as much as the next. No, because I'm the next person, and I like offensive comedy way more than you do. But I feel like there is a difference between something being funny and it happens to be offensive, but then just saying, like, offensive things, hoping that they are funny and, like, exclusively making that your thing. And I think that is her thing. Like, it's not necessarily funny stuff. She just throws out, like, key words, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. I love offensive humor. Offensive humor is is my single favorite kind of humor. And I don't like it because I like being offended. And I'm not going to get into this because I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. I, just put it this way. If the person who's saying the offensive material actually believes it, then it's not. Of course, it's not funny because humor is all about a safe incongruity. You, usually when people are making offensive jokes, it's a joke, right? And it's supposed to be a joke. And often what the funniest part with offensive humor is the people who don't get the joke, how they react to it. And that just makes the joke funnier. And that's why I, I find it hilarious. When the, when the comedian was talking about vibrators, did you find that funny last night? I did. Oh, did you? That's good. Except sometimes I get a little too aware of my surroundings and a little too in my head. And as I was laughing about it, I did realize, ooh, that's my father sitting next to me. I'm a little too aware of what's going on to laugh. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. All right, so let's take ourselves back to a year ago, or over a year ago, much over a year ago. It'd be May. Oh, that's so strong. Yeah, I know. That's how I make them. I mix cocktails, Callie. You don't need to be drinking a lot of mixer. I like the mixer. Yeah, I like Sometimes I drink a drink and I think, ugh, this is gross. You know, it'd be better without the alcohol. This isn't a, uh, this isn't the high on sugar podcast. <laughs> this isn't the talking fast because I just drank a lot of sugar podcast. Anyway, let's take ourselves back to a year ago. Or over a year ago. I'd when, say 18 months ago. No, not 18 months ago. We stopped, because as we started getting into summer of 2021, 
we'd sort of lost a little bit of our magic, I guess. After Brian, which was probably one of our best podcasts, things sort of slowed down a little. Although we had good ones. I really, really, really liked our our narcissism podcast. And then we, we, me and Jen decided, you know what? Summer's coming. This was something we enjoyed during the winter. We enjoyed during the pandemic. Let's take a break and come back in September. So that was the plan. Uh, and then I screwed it up because just, I can say it now because I don't, don't work in there anymore. Although Jen does, so maybe I shouldn't. But anyway, so I guess I won't say the name of the hotel. But Jen and I worked together in a hotel along with a lot of the other early people you guess here in the podcast, Kylie and um, Marissa, Megan. Yeah, Megan. We all worked in a hotel together. And a lot of what we did was a way to kind of stay sane during the pandemic. We all worked through it. We worked through very difficult situations. Some, well, Kylie really was the only one who was really laid off for a little while, but uh, I guess Marissa was too, but it was a way to sort of stay sane. And then, and then Jen and I really enjoyed it and caught on and we decided to, you know, we started having fun. We had some really great guests. We had, a lot, had some really good times, but then as, as summer, we said, let's take a break. And then I screwed it up because, uh, we li- all lived in a city called Edmonton, Alberta, up in Canada. And I got another job. So what I did is I moved to, uh, another city. I now work at a different hotel. Again, I'm not going to say what it is. It's a fantastic, uh, hotel. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely wonderful, but I was busy for a year going through pre-opening and then opening and all the trials and tribulations. I was working too much to even think about doing a podcast. And now I'm still really, really busy, but I want to get my hobby back and I want to get the Loose and Conversational podcast back. So we're going to try to make a go of it. Now, here's the weird part. And uh, were you ever part of the other season two? I was not. You were not? No. Carol Ann was. I think that was just a little thing you two did together. Uh, No, Jen was in a couple of them too. So we had this crazy idea, and I think at some point we'll release little bits of them, but uh, I'll talk about the fourth degree in a second, because I think I might do some of them as fourth degrees. We had this crazy idea where we would write episodes, and we wouldn't be loose and conversational. I mean, we would, we would be loose, because this is always an excuse to drink, but we would have a script, and we would try to follow the script, and we recorded a bunch of them. We recorded, the idea was we would, because sometimes when you're drinking, you have these like really inane conversations about super trivial things. And so we thought, let's do those. Let's do a season of that. So we did, why do people have lawns? Why do people have lawns? Well, that's that's a good 20 minute episode. Uh, so I won't get into it sum it, up, sum it up for us in 15 seconds. I can't. I can't. It's really interesting. What's the difference between a cow and an ox? I know I'm not a farmer. It's a great, it's a great episode. Because they're, why is an ox an ox? Why is a cow a cow? What is a cow? You know, you think you know, but you don't know. I think oxes have horns. No. Well, that's not it at all. What are some of the other ones we did? We did some really good ones. Anyway, it really started to fall apart when we did, what is the law of attraction? And we actually had to record it twice because there was a, a problem the first time and we didn't record. And then we did it a second time. Then like I edited these, I was going to get like five or six and I was going to release the, the season. And just as I'm trying to turn this conversation about what is the law of attraction it hits me this is boring there's <laughs> there is literally no way to turn this crap into something that is anywhere as good as like the brian podcast or something like that right or the brian episode so i sent a note to jen and carolina i said i'm just i'm just deleting this it's terrible i'm not gonna do it and then we thought oh, actually we thought well maybe that's it for the whole podcast right we won't just ever do it again uh because the logistics just seemed tough and then i got into opening a hotel and then we never thought about doing this i tried to start another podcast the fourth degree podcast, which I might tag on to this one somehow because it was really interesting. The fourth degree is an ep- is a podcast that I would record while I was sitting on the toilet. Callie's looking at her phone right now. I was now. Googling Sorry, why she's... do people have lawns? Oh, it's no, it's it's a long thing why we have lawns. It's not like there's not like a quick see, this is what's wrong with you guys. Your generation. Callie's much younger than me, in case you don't understand. Because she's my daughter. Most... She didn't really have parents work. Yeah. She's like thirty 
Uh, how old are you? 18? Yeah. How old are you? You're 49? I'm 50. You don't know how old I am? Yeah, so actually you're 32 years younger than me, give or take. When you, when you just do the pure math. Hey, you guys want everything to be like, well, just tell me in 15 seconds. Well, I can't tell you in 15 seconds. I think the difference is that I grew up in a generation where if I need to know something, I can just Google it like I was just doing there. 30 seconds. I was also... like. I well, can... well, I didn't go sit in a university library to figure out why we have lawns. I Googled, I found an article, and then I basically ripped off everything from that article. Here's the problem. I don't want to bring it on now. You know why? Why? It's, it's boring. Like, I thought it was interesting. I thought everybody would want to. I started writing an episode. I spent, like, hours writing an episode. Is the Bible historically accurate? And I really got into it, and I was like... And then all of a sudden, when I realized the law of attraction was horribly boring, I'm like, oh my God, is the Bible historically accurate? Who the fuck's That's gonna, not an interesting topic. Who's going to want to listen to that? I am your biggest supporter. I'm not even sure I would tune into that. Yeah, so I went wrong. Anyway, now we're back. We're recording with Callie. I've got another person who we've talked about in the podcast lots, who I think is actually going to come on, that a year and a bit ago, I never in a million years would have thought she'd have come on. I'm not going to say anything because i got to wait for her to actually come on. But it's, it's exciting times. Exciting indeed. So Callie, do you want to tell a little bit people about what you do for a living? Mm, I'm a retail manager. I'm not going to include what store, but it's a popular retail store. I'm sure you could all figure it out. It's not a new store. No, it's a very common store. We are part of a large chain of stores. I can guarantee to you there is that store in the city you live in. And I will almost guarantee if you're sitting listening to this podcast, you're probably wearing an article of their clothing. I would make that same assumption. I, yeah. And if you're not currently wearing an article of their clothing? There is multiple in your closet. Yeah, and you have worn an article of their clothing in the past three days. I will guarantee it. I will give anybody $100 if they could prove to me otherwise. I guarantee you that, yeah. But where I work, we ask for your email. And one thing I really struggle with is when people are like, oh, my email's blah, 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 blah. And then they start spelling it, but like they'll say things like, oh, is an hour. What we did is we made this absolutely impossible email address. So if anybody asks me, it's opaq72 elucidconversational.com. And then I spell it. O is an hour, H is an hour, E is an urn, U is an urn. No, sorry. O is an hour, H is an hour, P is an pseudonym, E is an urn, U is an urn, K, I don't know, you get the idea. Because you would be shocked at how many letters sound the same. D, E, C, that's all the same letter. Yeah, yeah. My favorite was P as in pseudonym. That that is so great. So we had this whole thing worked out. And back then I could remember how to do this. And I was all excited about someday being able to actually say this to somebody. So I went to the place actually where Callie worked. Uh, You weren't there though. I think I was there with Carol Ann. No, you went to the one by the airport, which I do now work at, but I didn't then. So I go to the store and I'm all excited. So I pay for my stuff. and, And I said, do you want my email address? And she says, oh, I have one already attached to this credit card. And it was your email address. I will tell you, you could have been like, oh, that's not the right email. You could change that. Yeah, but the joke was gone. I lost my nerve. Then I would sound like an asshole. O is an hour, H is an hour, E is an urn, U is an urn, P is an pseudonym, O pick Q, K is a night. I can't remember. hate silence. If we're over in an interaction, there is silence. I will just start talking to fill the silence, even if I don't have something to talk about. One of my, all of my friends can attest to that, where I just start talking, because all silence to me is awkward silence. Do you ever use silence as a, no, probably not, not if you find it awkward. Yeah. Yeah, silence silence and eye contact are like the super weapons that we have. I'm very good at eye contact. That is something that I will say I'm very good at. 
Eye contact and silence. I mean, I think you could probably almost get the upper hand in almost any situation as long as you can be better than the other person at eye contact and then just have silence. One of my favorite activities is I interact with a lot of strangers at work, especially adult strangers. I guess I'm technically an adult, but when I started my job, I was not. And one of my favorite activities is to just make eye contact with people who refuse to make eye contact with you that are like afraid to make eye contact. Just look at them. No, no, Stare I, I deep agree a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I used to like, like making eye contact with people trying to hold it till they looked away. And then I feel like I've won something, but I gotta be honest. I'm a middle-aged white guy. It's 2022. I'm afraid if I make prolonged eye contact with somebody who is anything other than another middle-aged white guy, I'm either going to be racist or misogynistic or I'm a, I'm a turf. Turf. I don't know. That's what Dave Chappelle. What is, turf is like an insult for transgendered people, which I have absolutely nothing. One of my favorite people in the whole wide world right now is i think isn't that weird isn't that weird that's like the weird thing about trans like somebody who's possibly transgender like do you have anybody like that you're like you think they are but you're not sure no you can't ask that is true yeah that's one of the most talking and i mean you shouldn't care you shouldn't care but like if but you're still curious right yeah is it wrong to be curious i don't think so but you can't do anything about it yeah or your turf i don't even know what turf stands for that's what that chick who wrote the uh harry potter books wasn't she a turf? Whatever her name is. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Hey, look at your phone there. What's a turf? Hey, Polly, what does turf mean? Hi, everyone. My name is Polly. I am the loose and conversational podcast moderator. I guess we are going to go there. Please don't cancel me. Turf is an acronym for trans exclusionary radical feminist. Though it was created as a deliberately neutral descriptor, TERF is now typically considered derogatory. Trans-inclusive cisgender radical feminist blogger Viv Smythe has been credited with popularizing the term in 2008. It was used to describe a minority of feminists who espouse sentiments that other feminists consider transphobic, including the rejection of the view that trans women are women. I think it's bad to be TERF or TERFier. I think it's T-E-R-F, too. It's not like T-U-R-F. T-E-R-F, that's right. Yeah, it's not like turf like you walk on. It's funny, I was talking to somebody, one of our best fans, by the way, who is in, lives near San Diego, and I'm going to be in San Diego in a couple of weeks. I would love to have her on the podcast. Her name is Michelle. She's an old friend. We worked on Lake Louise together. Curly hair? She babysat you when you were a baby. She was the first person to ever babysit you. Curly, oh, that's Vanessa I am thinking of. No, I think she does have curly hair, too. Well, a wonderful human being. No, I'm definitely thinking of Vanessa. She listens to the podcast, and I couldn't believe it, because I, I, she doesn't talk to me that much. She's, she's one of those weird people. I'm sorry, I don't mean to call you weird, Michelle, because I'm sure you're listening to this. You're lovely. Hope you enjoyed the shout-out, though, Michelle. So a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Oh, I guess I'm not a turf then, because I'm, I'm not a radical feminist. I'm not either. No. Well, we'll leave that for a second. So, because we were just, you, you, you guys listening to this podcast won't know, because I will edit this so it's snappy. And I was telling Michelle, you should be on the podcast. It'd be fun to have you on here. Uh, we could talk about old times or old Lake Louise days, because one of our other episodes, we talked about the old Lake Louise days, which turned into a, oh, God, I haven't been drunk like that in a long time. Uh, she said, no, I could never keep up with you guys. You guys talk so quickly. You're just so quick. And I'm like, we edit it. So literally, Callie and I just spent five minutes trying to Google what a turf was. But in podcast land, you guys, you guys aren't even. Also, been extended moments of silence. But we are very snappy people. That's one say. I will say we are both very funny, snappy. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. Hopefully, that comes out in the podcast at some point. I don't feel like being that funny. I am a very funny person, but it's not really coming. You are. You're hilarious. Well, it will. It will. That's how. Remember with Brian. I can't. Be funny on command, though. Like I can't tell me a joke. I no, can't that's tell not, nobody you a can joke. be funny on a joke. Well, you can you can tell a joke. I mean, anybody can learn jokes and tell jokes. Anyway, what was I talking about Michelle? Anyway, turfs. 
I'm not a trans exclusionary radical feminist. I'm not but sure where this is going. Well, with that, it's been a lot of different topics. Yeah, I know. We tend to jump around. It's because it's loose and conversational. Uh, well, I was talking about how I'm not not progressive, but I think it's easy to paint middle-aged white guys as... You are fairly woke for a 50-something-year-old. Yeah, but I'm also very, like... I'm also traditional in a lot of ways, too. I'm often... Mm, I'm an onion. I got many layers. I'm often proud of you for how advanced you are as a 50-year-old. You are also very good with technology. As many of you, I'm sure, can conclude that the fact that we're in Vancouver, we recently flew on a plane and was watching old people in the airport yesterday. It seems very hard to be old. Yeah. Society is moving on without you, and you're doing a good job of keeping up. Oh, thank you, thank you. As I sit here in front of a bunch of podcast equipment. I couldn't have figured that, that one out. That we brought to Vancouver, right? I shrunk the kit down. It's not as anywhere near as big as it used to be. Mind you, we can only have two people on now, but we can do other. We can do people remote. I could add to this if I had to. Yeah, the technology part's fun. And keep in mind, when you talk about old people, I am closer to those people at age than I am to you. Isn't that crazy? What what do you consider to be an old person? Uh, I consider old. That's a really good question. Why do I consider to be old? I don't consider people to be old because of an age anymore. Because uh, I have some really good friends who are, who are older than me, like uh, Lionel and the two Daves. But in every measure, other than maybe how long we've been on the planet, they're, we're the same age or they're younger than me. They've got great spirits. They've got great senses of humor. They're super fun. They haven't slowed down at all. Even though, you know, the people run into health problems at any age, right? That has nothing to do with it. How you take care of yourself, how you eat, how, much, how you handle stress and all these kinds of things. So I would say old people are people who have stopped trying to... I think age is all about values. Let me put it that way. I know I have one friend, so I'm 50... And so my, what would you call them? My, like the people I went to high school with. I don't know how to put it. People my age who used to be young. I have one friend who is at my age is like the very beginning. Like you look at them, you sit with them, you talk to them. They're an old person. And it's weird because it's the first one. Even their hair. Like it's like they've given up trying to be attractive to the other gender. Pretty sure I know who you're talking about. We can discuss that later. No, I don't think you do. You're thinking I'm talking about Kevin, right? I think you're talking about Chris. No, not at all. Oh, those are those. I, no, those guys are great. No, I I wouldn't say the person I'm talking about right now. But when I, whenever I talk to them or I see them and stuff like that, I'm like, holy moly! Like you have really embraced the stage of your life. I think that's good. Like, what do you feel about on letting women age? Like, are, I know this might be an interesting topic because your girlfriend is getting into um, injections. But do you feel women should just age naturally, or should they? beautify the way that they look? Before I answer that, just to clarify what you just said, my girlfriend's not getting into injections, like getting injections. She's... Well, that... Well, she did. Well, she yeah, she did Botox. Oh my God, it was so fantastic. I got to tell the story. I know Caroline's probably going to listen, doesn't get mad at me, but... So my my partner, Caroline, uh, who Car Callie and I have had a couple great discussions, maybe after you get a little loose, we'll discuss that. We definitely will not do that. Um, also, <laughs> partner makes you sound like you are both older gay men. You know... Callie, by the way, is struggling with... Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, she's struggling with a relationship I'm having with my partner. I would love if you edited that out. See, I used to be I used to be in a long-term relationship with another woman who is Callie's mom. And, uh, yeah, I think they could conclude that one. <laughs> I think people listening can, can imagine what you look like right now just by the tone of your voice. I would really love to not talk about this Her one. Her arms but... are crossed. She's getting angry. So Callie's mom and I were together for a very long time. Like, it's not like we were married for five years and we called to quits. How long were we together for? I wasn't there. 26 years. We were married for 24 years. So we were together for a very, time. very long time. And are we, how, how are your mom and I? You're good. You're good divorce people. Yeah, we're good friends, 
right? You're still there for each other when you need them. You help each other out. A hundred percent. And now as an adult, I can see that the divorce was good. Blah, 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 blah. You're better together now than you were. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, folks listening out there in Loosen Conversational Podcast Land who may be going through some difficult times, may be questioning your relationships. Not all relationships stay the same forever. In fact, I don't think any relationship does. That's why I'm afraid to get married young. We got, we had, that, that's actually a really good point. It, it, anybody, I honestly think people should not be allowed to get married until you're 25. Even that seems too young to me. Yeah. How old were you two when you met? When we met? Oh, I was 15. She might have been younger. She's a year younger than you, so she definitely was. Yeah, but I don't know if she was, when we actually met, if she was not 15. Because for part of the year, we're the same age. Because her birthday's in October 2nd. So from October 2nd to January 7th, we're the same age. And you know what? We didn't meet. Well, we might have. I don't know. Anyway, it was a long time ago. Um, but like, like, we met in the middle of the 80s, Callie. Talk about where you met, because that is a wild concept to me. That, like, today in my day and age, I could not imagine being a thing. I know, and it was really, really great. So, I don't know if they had these during other decades, but in the mid-80s, uh, we grew up in a city called Regina, Saskatchewan. The city that rhymes with fun, which <laughs> nobody from Regina understood what people meant. We were like, yeah, our city rhymes with fun, and we didn't get it. Because if you're from Regina, it does not sound like vagina. Like, it's... A, it's it's R-E, it's not R-A, like the two words are different. So it's weird coming from Regina. We don't hear the rhyme. And we all have thick Saskatchewan accents. There was a succession of what they called under 19 nightclubs because the drinking age was 19. So you had to be 18 or younger. I think it was like 12 to 18 or something like that was the ages you could go to these things. And we would go and we would dance and we would drink overpriced pop and the cool kids would do drugs and we would drink a little bit before we went in, but you didn't want to get in trouble and you would dance so much that you would sober up and it you would... It's wild to me. Yeah, and you would you would hopefully meet a girl that you could like finger or whatever you wanted to do because we were upsetting young. upsetting when you think about the fact that that is my mom, but carry on. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was the goal because we, we weren't trying to have sex, although some of the like, you know... Every now and then you'd hear about some guy banging a chick in a garbage can, which I never fucking understood. But like, why would you what choose mean in a, a garbage can? Like in a dumpster. They'd be like, hey, did you hear about old what's his name and what's her name there? Uh, they went to blah, blah, blah. And they uh, he banged her in the dumpster. And I'm like, why would you? <laughs> like, I can't imagine how attractive a woman have to be, even when I'm a horny 15 year old, to be like, hey, would you like me to grab your ding ding and i'm like i'd be like yeah absolutely i do and she's like okay let's hop into that dumpster and all the fucking garbage bags and you know was dumpster a euphemism for something or was it an no actual no dumpster? the actual dumpster the actual dumpster actually i, I could tell teenage stories all, all all night i i had a really fun teenage years but megan and i so there was like uh like i said a succession a succession of them and they would open they'd be open for a little while and then they would close and another one would open and I met her at one called Cupid's in Regina. We dated for a really short time. So it was funny. She was, her name's Megan, and she was dating a guy named Rod. And then they broke up. So then Megan and I started dating. Uh, and boy, what a magical, like, I don't know what it was, like three weeks. <laughs> that was. And then she dumped me because she wanted to get back together with Rod. Uh, and Rod was a, a pretty okay guy, I guess. And then the funny thing was, Rod, when he was on the rebound from Megan, he had dated a girl named Rhea. And then we both kind of became single at the same party. Like, Megan took me into the bedroom and dumped me. It was funny, because I was hanging out with this guy named Darcy, who was an absolute fucking machine. He was an absolutely party animal, great guy. Uh, still out there. I hope you're listening to this, Darcy. If you are, feel free to hit me up on Facebook, because we're friends. You'd, you'd be a great guest on the podcast. Anyway, he had dated my older sister for a little while, and then somehow him and I became friends, and our moms became friends, and it was like this weird Regina thing. Uh, anyway, 
I can't even explain how fucking insane Darcy and I looked at this party. I don't even know whose party this was. I was wearing like this t-shirt that had like a tiger's face on the front. And the idea was we were trying to dress up like we were assholes. It, it was like just a, like a tank top. It had no sleeves. We backcombed our hair. So our hair was like standing up and we, I don't even know what we were going for. We went in to get donuts before we went to this party and we freaked everybody out there. Anyway, we go to this party. We looked like absolute fucking assholes, but we're having a good time. And then Megan takes me into the ba- bedroom and I, I assume I'm getting a handy or something. No, she dumps me. I ended up dating Rhea, Rod's ex-girlfriend, for like nine months. And uh, that was a weird relationship. I really, really liked Rhea, but I, I never got the feeling that she really liked me that much. And she hated my friends. Because that was the other thing. My, my buddy Kevin and this other friend of mine, Eric, impossible to date me with these guys. Like, the three of us were the three biggest fucking assholes. Like, all we wanted to do was be assholes. We loved it. We would encourage each other. We used to go steal uh, lawn ornaments off people's lawns. And we would pick one random person. We would spend an entire night stealing dozens of lawn ornaments. Then we'd put them on one person's lawn. <laughs> we would steal, like, we once stole a wishing well. We kept the wishing well. Uh, yeah, tons of things. Once we... How do was... you steal a wishing well? That seems pretty heavy. Oh, we were motivated, I guess. Once we went and there was all this construction. And we stole all the construction signs or moved them around to basically direct cars into a street that they couldn't get out of. And then we just sat there watching them. <laughs> yeah, we were fucking dicks. Anyway, imagine dating that guy, right? So that's what poor Rhea Car... I shouldn't say her last name, but poor Rhea had to deal with. And she dumped me and went on to much better things. And then grade 12 hit. And then at the end of grade 12, or just after grade 12, I moved out. When I was 17, I moved out on my own with Chris, the guy you just said was getting old. Well, have you looked at him recently? He's a good looking guy. He's not aging that poorly. He's got a couple health challenges, but he's... Yeah, yeah, but that's not age. He's got a little gray. Chris is an absolutely wonderful human being. Um, Chris and I moved out. And here's the funny thing, everybody listening. Chris and his family and Megan and her family, the patriarchs, Terry, who's Megan's dad, and Gary, Chris's dad, best friends. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's why the cabins are right beside each other. Oh, I thought that was a coincidence. Nope. Nope. Uh, friends for as long as I, I don't know, I, I wasn't with them in the... 50s or whenever the hell they became friends. I don't know. So when Chris and I were good friends, so Megan has a brother named Matthew, or as you call him. Uncle Matthew? Yeah, you call him Uncle Matthew. Another uh, great guy. But Matthew was like a kid. And then we're talking about like 1990, 1989, 1990. Yeah, because he'd be four years younger than you. Because he's 18 months younger than... No, he'd only be, be like two and a half years younger than you. That's all he is? He's 18 months younger than my mother in your... 10 months older than she is, so he's Holy only 28 shit. months younger than you. Well, I guess I was 17, so he would have been 15, but I thought he was like 13 or something. Anyway, I, the best way to explain Matthew and Chris's relationship was Matthew was Chris's indentured servant. Like, Matthew was Chris's slave. I don't, I never really understood what was going on between these two, because I think Chris genuinely liked Matthew and cared about him, but Chris would abuse him to no end. When we first moved out, we moved into this like ridiculously small, I mean, people must have thought Chris and I were gay if we hadn't been so uh, manly. We moved into this tiny one bedroom house just because we wanted to move out. I think Chris's parents wanted him out. It was like something they valued and I had a, you know, terrible life at home. So I wanted to get out of that. So we moved in we had a lot of fun, a really great time. And for we only lived there for like six months and we moved into another place. But uh, Matthew was always there, always there because it was kind of near where he lived. And literally, Chris would finish his last cigarette, and he would kick Matthew out and go get me some cigarettes. He'd give him, like, <laughs> 10 bucks, and Matthew would walk to the store in, like, minus 30-degree weather with, like, a little tiny jacket on and come back, and Chris would demand his change from him. Yeah, it was great. So one day, Megan calls me, 
And Megan would have been in grade 12 at the time. And she was looking for Matthew. But I answered the phone and I talked to her. I remember it was weird. Like, we just had this nice conversation because we, you know, we knew each other well. And we did. I remember she started talking dirty to me at one point. You probably don't want to hear that. That's upsetting to hear. I will not lie to you. Yeah, I know. You probably don't want to hear that. I actually really don't. Thank you for asking. Oh, yeah, because you probably doesn't don't think your mom's the kind of person who talked dirty to a guy when she was grade 12. No, actually, I did not. Sheds a whole new light on her, doesn't it? Yeah, and I and one that I wish I didn't know. That's one of those things where I could have not known that and I'd be fine with that. Well, that's what happens when you come on the Loose and Conversational podcast, you know? I've listened to every episode. No one else has learned up that their mother used to talk dirty to their father. No, no, no. She didn't do a lot. She did it like once. See, that was a thing. She All the topics I would like to talk about, this is probably at the bottom. She's like just calling me looking for her brother. We talked for 10 minutes. Now she's talking about like, you know, things that she'd like to do to me. You'd be shocked at how little my parents' sexual tendencies in their teenage years is something I would like to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we weren't having sex, Callie. We were just talking. So then we decided to go for coffee. Oh, so sorry. That makes it so much better. Carry on then. And we decided to go for coffee or something. I don't know what happened. Anyway, we started dating. And and the thing was, is we started dating. She was really, 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 really nice to me. Right? And also, let me do other things. That's super upsetting to hear. Carry on. No, I'm just kidding. I am playing down the... Yeah. I've met her. She's no way she was super nice to you. No, she was. She was She was actually probably when we first started dating. And for the first while, she was like the nicest anybody had ever been to me. Keep in mind, you don't know a lot about my youth, but... Like, literally, nobody was ever nice to me. I, like, literally was probably, what would I have been then? 17, 18, nobody had ever been nice to me in my whole life. Not really, right? That's crazy to me that you moved at 17, 18, 19. No, I moved out when I was 17. That's wild to me. Now, granted... Different time, different time, different economy. And a lot of my teenage years were a part of the pandemic. And I do think a lot of people my age are a little socially stunted because the years where we were supposed to be like house partying and like trying things and blah 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 we were at home with our parents and i do think that is a little stunted so now at 18 almost 19 that is when i am doing these things so i think we are a little behind i think the other big thing and it would be interesting to talk about this too but i I gotta finish telling a story that i can't even remember the story i'm telling uh (laughs) to get back to the differences between when i was your age and now for you right because i could work at me and chris were i mean don't get me wrong we moved out we were poor right we were poor couldn't even afford food barely afford rent and stuff like that but it got better for us relatively quickly and there was there was reasonable amounts of opportunity and we were living in a city where the cost of living was really really low and things like that so we were able to do this anyway so megan i proposed to her oh i don't even remember it was Christmas Eve, I can't remember the year, but shortly after, shortly after I proposed to her. So we got engaged, and we got engaged when we were still kids, right? I still remember going to her family's Christmas at her family's house, and it was the worst because my car died. It was like it was like 30 below on Christmas. I was supposed to go to her, her family. Nobody knew we got engaged the night before. Oh no, she had to, she woke up and told everybody. So, and everybody's like super angry. And then I, I couldn't start my car. So I call him like, I can't start my car. So, so she sent Bob over, I think, to pick me up. Uh, Bob's still one of my favorite, uh, he's uh, one of her uncles, one of my still, one of my favorite people. And it was like quiet. He was like, I didn't know if he was mad at me or what was going to go on. And he's like, oh, I feel sorry for what you're walking into. (laughs) He was super cool about it. But yeah, so we got married in 1992. I think, which the crazy thing about that is we would have been married for 30 years if we'd stayed married. Imagine that, 30 years of my age. It's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I remember the point now. Yeah, so the idea is we got married really, really young. She's a good person. I'm a good person. 
But yeah, he'd really lost where we were going with yeah. that. But the point was, when we got married, our prefrontal cortexes weren't even fully developed. We weren't even the people that we were going to be yet, right? As we got older, we grew apart. I wouldn't say our values changed, but definitely what we wanted out of life changed. I don't think we ever stopped caring about each other. And once you came along, we, we cared about you. No, I still think you care about each other. We do. We do, right? But what happened, the magic thing that happened. And honestly, if anybody's listening to this and you're in a situation like this, you have to make, you know what you need to do. If you're in a relationship and the two of you can't make each other happy, and that's what we got into. And I would even see you, I would come home from a long day at work and I would see you and Megan and I would see me. And I remember, I remember there was like a year where I was trying to fix everything. And I remember this kept coming back to me. Nobody was happy. And I didn't know what to do to make everybody happy. And eventually, and eventually the, the, what was obvious was that, that it was to shake everything up and leave. Now, as a child, I was not able to see that, but as an adult, I can. And it took a lot out of me, but a couple of years ago, I did realize you're not getting back together, and it is better now. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember when I realized we weren't getting back together. I'm a little dark for losing conversational. It's not dark. It's positive. It's uplifting. Now, I don't think you have a large teenage girl fan base out there, but I will say, if your parents just got divorced, it will get better. I promise you that. You might not get two Christmases or two birthdays. I never got that, but... It will get better. (laughs) Two Christmases or two birthdays. The one thing I'll say is if you're a father or out there and you're thinking of doing this, just remember what your role is, right? Like don't, I think there's this idea where a lot of guys think that they can walk away from responsibility and everything will work out okay. And it's like, don't, you're not going to be able to. So I I had a really, really good advice from actually Brian, who was on our podcast, Brian, the lawyer. Uh, He took me out when I was first, I asked him if he could recommend a, and it's funny because he still, last time I saw him, he called me a fucking idiot because. It is. It'll be such a disaster when you die. No, no, no. Hopefully I get this all straightened out, but the, uh, I haven't, I haven't got all the legal loose ends tied up. But you could have lymphoma right now and die soon. No, no, I don't think. Do you remember that nine of spades card? Our plane tomorrow could go down. Well, at least I would be out of the will then because I will be dead. Here's the crazy thing. So what Callie's referring to, we left Calgary yesterday. She stayed over at my place. We come out, we get in the car. There's a nine of spades, just a nine of spades sitting in front of her car. You know what? Press pause on the podcast and uh, Google what a nine of spades means. Actually, you know what? We're going to get Polly. Polly, can you Google the nine of spades? Don't explain everything. Just give the first thing when you Google it, read what it says. I'm always excited to help out, David. According to Cardarium.com, the Nine of Spades means death. This is the worst card of the whole deck. This card is cruel and does not make any distinction. The Nine of Spades can signify death of a relative, a friend, an enemy, or of an indifferent person. In the very worst it means your death. Yeah, so how about that? That's what we read, that we're going to die right As before we get on a plane. driving to the airport. Yeah, we find out... Oh my God, you have, you have just picked the worst card. And we didn't pick it. It was just sitting in front of the car, right? I do wonder if someone buys a deck of cards, take the nine of spades out and just drops them in front of cars to fuck with people. Yeah. Maybe I should start doing that. But that's a long con, right? Like what are the odds people are going to see a card and they're going to be like, hey, cards have meaning. Let's Google it. I think most people would. You know what I would do? I would totally drop a tarot card then. Buy a deck of tarot cards, start dropping. I have a deck of tarot cards. I'm big into tarot. You just shook your head like you you, you would assume that, right? Yeah, you went through a real white girl phase there. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm still somewhat in that. I've, I've, yeah, I've you're stayed wearing in that white girl two phase. bracelets right now. That's not That's three shocking. bracelets. Yeah, but it, the, the masculine thing is I have them zip-tied together. Yeah, it is actually pretty funny that you do have them zip-tied together. Yeah. 
Uh, zip ties, boy. Zip ties and duct tape. All right, let's take another break, and then we come back. Uh, we should talk about our generational differences. I don't think we finished any of those stories. Yeah, we did. We were explaining... Oh, my God. We were explaining why... I'm a little drunk. I'm not going to lie to you here. You're loose and conversational. <laughs> anyway, I said we're going to take a break. Now we're going to take a break. Thank you for this drink. Oh, you're welcome. While we were taking a break and I was grabbing a drink, Callie uh, said, at least I'm not an overweight 50-year-old man. That's not what I said at all. I said, I have the sweating tendencies of an overweight 50-year-old man, and it might be a good look on you, but it's not on me. Ouch. I tell you, those of you out there, a lot, a lot of your friends of mine who got those little kids at home and you think they're really cute, you just can't, you, you just can't believe how cute they are and how much your heart hurts. Someday they're going to say shit like that to you and it breaks your heart. Anyway. The uh, So let's talk about demographics. So which demographic would you say you're in? What do you mean by demographic? The, you know how we have to call everybody? We have to put everybody into a chunk. People that are roughly, what, 16? Well, how long does the demographic now? Like, what do the millennials run from? Let's look this up. Okay, well, let's... Do you like to ask Polly, or would you like me to just Google it? Let's just Google it. We can't wait for Polly. Demographics, do you mean generations? Yeah, generations. Uh... So Gen Z, which I believe is what... Oh, no, let's start from the other. Boomers are 19... So boomers... Nobody cares about boomers. Okay, Gen X... No, I'm just kidding. We have a lot of boomers who listen to our podcast, so... Boomers 1. I don't know why there's boomers 1 and 2. I'm assuming 2 wars? I don't really know. What did boomers want? No, you're looking at something wrong. Are you looking at a summary? You want a summary of the generations? Here's what I'm looking at. Boomers 1, 1946 to 1954. Okay, what's boomers 2? Boomers 2 is 1955 to 1964. Gen X is 1965 to 19 Carol, Carol, did you hear that? You are... Oh, actually, that does not prove my point. Can we cancel that part? Um, I firmly believe she is a millennial. No, yeah, she totally is. Let's cut all that out and find a point part that further proves our point. Okay, so anyway, what was Boomers again? Uh, Boomers is... Well, Boomers... Oh, I'm just going to combine the two groups. It is 1946 to 1964. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so 46 to 64, that's almost 20 years. When was when did the war end? That's something I should perhaps 1945. know. 1945-45. But that was. They were, they, were, they were part of the post-war boom. So anyway, Boomers, and then so my generation, you said generation, uh, we're uh, Gen X. Gen X is 1965 to 1981. Well, you know what? That's uh, that's arguable, but whatever. Whatever. I think this is the other thing, because we've talked about these frickin' generations so much, because Jen thinks that she's Gen X, and she's not. She's absolutely, totally millennial. Then she starts saying she's this zillennial thing, which so does Carol because it's like, it seems like everybody was fucking born in 1980. Right, or 1981, and they're like, I want to be the, I want to cherry pick the best of both. And it's like, you're not, you're the worst of both, right? And, and then I, millennials are the 1980s to 1996, and then yeah, Gen Z. So that's 16 years, right? So yeah, basically 15 to 20 years. Is 1997 to 2012. Now that seems like a very large gap, because both of Jen's kids, when did you start at Courtyard? No, because that's 1997, that's 15 years. When did you start at Courtyard? Uh, a little over... 10 years ago, so 2012, I think. Okay, because Jen's oldest kid was born in 2012 or 2013. Yeah. I feel like, I think his name, his name is either or but she might not want us to talk about that. Oh yeah, don't name the kids, I'll beep the kids out. But I feel like that her kids and I probably had different growing up experiences, and I do think... But you're in different, you're in different cohorts. No, 
whoever, whichever her older kid is, and them are I in the same generation because it's 1997 to 2012. Well, he'll be like Jen. He'll he'll be like I'm the best of both. He's not. He's the worst of both. I mean, he's a little kid. He's not. Is what's next after me called Generation Alpha? Yeah, which is I don't fucking care. Like 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 Gen Generation X. I don't even know how we became that because we, we there was a book called Boom Bust and Echo that came out, and we were the bust generation. So Boom was the boomers. That's where that came from. Bust was in between them and their children, and Echo was their children. So there was this large demographic. Am I Echo? And then the birth rate went down. And then, yeah, you, you would be the Echo. You would be the children of baby boomers, which you're not. No, 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 no. Sorry, Echo would be the millennials. Something that I do think is very interesting is some of my friends are children of boomers, and I'm... A, really? Yeah, especially those of them that are the younger siblings, not necessarily Does, does the ethnicity oldest. jump into that? But I do think it's interesting how, like, children of boomers and children of Gen Xers were raised differently, and there are just some things that we have noticed that are... Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Different. Well, and also because I'm from Saskatchewan, I was... Like, Saskatchewan really literally is 20 years behind everything else. So in some ways, I'm like... Uh, like, I'm barely a Generation X. Like, I, I share some qualities, but not really, right? Anyway, so you are, after all this freaking long conversation about it, you are Gen... Z. 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 And I'm Gen X. Yes. And the millennials are in between. Yes. And then after me is Alpha. Wait a minute. We went Gen X, millennials, and then Z? Yeah. Oh, Gen Y. So they would have been Gen Y, the millennials. I wonder why they started calling them millennials and not Generation Y. I don't know, because it's all dumb. If anybody knows, write in. Anyway, the funny thing about millennials, like when, when this boom, bucks and boost, boom, bust, and echo came out, everybody started talking about this. And then and then at some point, we started calling you the millennials. Or not you, we started calling millennials the millennials. And then millennials were like, yeah, we're millennials, we're special. And then the rest of us were like, yeah, you're pieces of shit. And we really need to figure out strategies to deal with you. And it all got crazy, because there really isn't that big of a difference. However, I will say... Between millennials and Gen Z, or millennials and Generation between X? Between people. Between people. We all, you know, we put labels on ourselves or on each other, stuff like this, and we got to live up to it. And it's all, it's all crap. There is certain things that make millennials different than Gen X, and certain, certain things that make Gen X different than boomers and... You know, the the other freaking, you know, the greatest generation, the lost generation, and the, I don't know, the other one that was before that, that I can never remember the name of. But but there are things that They're make us different. They're all dead. Who cares? Yeah, because life, things change and, and, and things happen. Well, now that the queens died, they're all dead. But, but I think a lot of it gets lost, right? But what I will say, and this is the one thing, between my generation and your generation is, holy fuck, you guys are screwed. <laughs> like, I cannot believe the shit that you guys have to deal with. You Like what? I couldn't imagine. Because like I said earlier, you know, me and Chris moved out when we were, I was 17. He was like, Chris is a bit older than me. I don't, I don't know what he was, like 28 or something like that. But the, no, I don't, I don't even know how old he was. He was old enough to drink. He was 28? No, not 28. He was 11 years older than you? No, he's not. Was he a pedophile? Kidding. I was just kidding. You know, we never had sex. I jerked him off a couple times, but the, uh, but just for fun, right? Just to... Just to see the expression on his face. Um, I literally cannot tell if you're kidding right now. <laughs> the uh, um, boy, he was surprised. Anyway, no, he's a couple years older than me. I remember he could buy booze in high school. So, or could he? Was yeah. he stunted? Did he repeat a couple grades? I have no idea. I literally have never asked him. I have no idea. He was older than me though. But I was also a little young. This might be generational, but you don't ask a lot of questions. No, because it was my business, right? I love being in other people's business. That's my favorite place to be. Is it? Yeah, yeah. No, not me. Uh, I hate learning about people because then sometimes you learn. <laughs> because then you learn something like, and then you're expected to show empathy. 
for those of you out there that are not good at empathy, like myself, I was not raised with empathy and I did not learn how to do it until probably two weeks ago. Empathy, very easy. Yeah, you can fake empathy, 100%. It is a formula. I said that at a stand-up at work the other day, and they were like, you can't fake empathy. I'm like, 100%. I just taught my daughter how to fake empathy. She thinks it's a magic trick. Write in if you would like to learn how to be good at empathy. Yeah, and for those of you who are like shocked and, and getting angry right now and say, no, absolutely, you can't learn empathy, or you either have empathy or don't, I'm sorry. I know how frustrating it can be. <laughs> when other people don't pay attention to the emotions that you have. I was not an empathetic person three weeks ago. Now I'm great at empathy. <laughs> uh, anyway, how are we talking about? Yeah, Chris and something. We're older. Oh yeah, so we could afford to move out, and and it was tough at the beginning, but also we were working at A and W, and you know, like we were like at the low end. How much did you make? How much was minimum wage when you? Entered the workforce. Minimum wage when I entered the workforce? Like five something? Minimum wage when I entered the workforce was $15. That's absolutely insane. No, actually it was thirteen sixty. Really? Yeah, because when I started working where my mother works, it was thirteen sixty. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. When I entered the workforce was when they did the thing where they like separated how you can like pay people under 18 a yeah. little less than you can pay adults. Yeah. Oh, and they actually did that. Yeah, I remember where we worked. We looked at it. And we're like, it's so confusing how to like fuck the young people that we said like, we're just not going to do it. It's just it's just easier to pay the extra dollar and a half or whatever it was. I think it was only twenty cents. But here's the thing, you guys like it was actually my eyes were opened when you were trying to get a job at my old hotel, and I realized that for certain jobs right now, I won't say what they are because everybody knows what we're talking about. And if you don't, well. Ask the person beside you. I don't know. We, we expect you to have like 24-7 availability, right? We expect you to commit every spare moment of your life. and we're not. But we're not going to promise you a certain number of hours. We're not going to make any commitment to you. But hey, we're going to pay you slightly above minimum wage or right around minimum wage. Well, At the same time. Funny, because the job I was just promoted, you can all congratulate me in the comments. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Never been prouder. <laughs> The job I had before I just got my promotion, they expected open availability, but they were also just paying me minimum wage. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And at the same time, rent? Holy fuck. Like, holy fuck. I rent a one-bedroom apartment in Calgary, downtown Calgary, which is a great apartment. I love it. I love where I am. But it is tiny. It's 600 square feet, right? And with a parking space and utilities, I'm paying over $2,000 a month. Now, try being young and getting car insurance. Yeah, it is insane. I will admit, I had an accident early on in my driving career, and I have a new car, but I pay almost $600 a month just in car insurance. That is insane. It is insane. And groceries? Like, like I don't know how people do it nowadays. I, I don't know how they do it. I I know what I make, and I know what Caroline makes, and I know, and we have, like, we're keeping places going in two cities and things like that. I know you hate it when I say we, but that's what's happening. I'm not I a bad not, person, I but carry not. on. I could not imagine having like an entry level leadership position. What do you make? About 40 grand a year? I don't know how much I'll make. Last year I made like 25 grand. Yeah, but now with your new job, if you work full time, I make 1950 an hour. So how much is that? You time, the easy way to do is times it by 2000, which is, yeah, just about 40 grand a year, which like when I was a kid, 40 grand a year was like what manager, like, like people who ran businesses made, right? But that was also a long time ago. Rent was also $700 a month, right? Like, holy. 39 grand cow. a year. Yeah, holy cow. Like, it is absolutely so expensive for your generation, and the expectations are so ridiculously high. 
And then we have businesses out there. Like, like the, the craziest thing is every time I see things about, you know, first it was the great resignation and then it was, what's it called now? Like slow quitting or something like that? Or what the fuck's that called? Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the thing where they call it now, it's like you don't quit your job, but you don't really do your job that well. Oh, you just do like what you're... Yeah, what you're paid to do. What you're... Like they're, they're saying, they're saying like, oh, these freaking uh, Gen Zs now, we, we pay them a shitty wage and we don't support them and we don't do anything for them. And now we're, we're saying they're only doing what we put in their job description. They're not doing anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, like you guys, like Gen X, the one thing that we were really like, we were like the screw the man, disaffected. We were really like the world's a terrible place kind of people. And we had it like it was all gravy compared to what you guys had. You know what you need, guys, you need to do? You need to start a revolution. What do you mean by start a revolution? Like get, get people in the streets, start lighting things on fire. and No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't work. They do that in the United States. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I was your, your age. Like when you, when you look at the next 10 years of your life, what do you see? Next 10 years of my life? Yeah. I know. I have about the next 45 minutes planned out, and then it's kind of just darkness. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. I couldn't imagine. So, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you moved to Calgary in August or September of 2021. And I went for my birthday, and we went to a football game. And there, I realized that I was just a little unhappy in my life. I wasn't where I wanted to. If you don't know me personally, I've taken two gap years. I just finished one, and I'm on to the second. And I wasn't doing what I wanted to do with Scap year. And I wasn't doing what I wanted and I needed to move, make changes in my life. And one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to move to Calgary. And I set the deadline of the summer. And then at the end of 2021, I bought a new car. And that's another thing. Like when you were young and you wanted to buy a new car, did you have to wait three months for it to ship on a boat to come? No, you could just walk into the dealership and say, hi, I'd like a new car. I had to order mine online. And then I waited several months until it finally came in. I will say, though, when I was your age, the idea of buying a brand new car was ludicrous. Like, that just wasn't something that happened. They didn't make cars so cheaply that somebody your age could buy one. I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. Oh, no, it's just it's just an observation. It was just an observation. But then, so I set a deadline of the summer, and I wanted to move to Calgary by the summer. But then I had spent my savings on buying this new car. And that's not something I regret because I was putting so much fucking money into my car. My old car and every goddamn day I was standing on the street trying to fix something because it just kept falling apart. It was a lesson in character. Yep. We grew close over that car. You know, that was a good thing for us. It was. Um, I'll say you were the reason that I know how to drive. You're the reason I know how to drive a standard. Yeah, she drives a standard. How about that, everybody? I bought I have now owned two standards in my life. I bought a new car. I still don't know how you fucked with my mind into getting me to buy a standard. No, no, no. I didn't fuck with your mind at all. No. No, I, I will tell the story for everybody who's listening because you just accused me. So no, what no, happened no. was we were trying to... Callie had a very specific car in her mind she wanted to buy. We found it. We put an offer on it. They accepted it. And then the piece of shit, when we were call, coming to pay for it, said, oh, no, no. I sold it to somebody else for another $100. So I'm like, what? And Callie was like, you were 16, maybe? Were you even 16 then? Yeah, you no, were, because this was the summer and I turned sixteen. Yeah, we were fall. we were trying to buy to buy a car for when you find a car for when you turn sixteen. So I told this guy off. He said I was butt hurt. And uh, anyway, I will just say uh, I'm not a racist man, and I won't say what culture he belonged to. But I will never have a business dealing with somebody from that culture ever again. A hundred dollars, yeah, whatever. I was trying to teach Callie, like you know, when you fall off the horse, you got to get right back up on it. This was very disappointing, but let's look at other cars and see if we can get going again. So we started looking, and we found a Subaru that she liked. And it was a Forester. And I said, we were driving in my truck. And I said, we'll give them a call. We can, we'll see if we can go look at it. So she, I can't remember if you gave me the number. Yeah, you must have given me the number. And I dialed it. 
that I called the guy and he answered and I said, uh, hi, are you the person with the Subaru? He's like, for sale. He's like, yeah. I said, uh, is there any chance we can come take a look at it? He goes, well, I'm, the car's in Pigeon Lake and I'm in Leduc right now and we're in Edmonton. So we're talking about like 45 minutes away. He's like, I can meet you if you want to look at it right now. So I took, this is, by the way, I should mention, this is back when I didn't get to see Callie anytime I wanted to. I got to see her on Tuesdays and Thursdays and every other weekend. Uh, and this was during one of those times. Or no, I don't know if it was. because we It were, was. It was, yeah. So we said, well, let's go look at the car. So we go and we're driving. We, I'm like, holy crap, Pigeon Lake. Okay, so we drive all the way out to Pigeon Lake. And we see this car and it's a, a great little Impreza and it's a standard. And I drive the car and it's fantastic. And the guy wanted like almost nothing for it. And like it had Bluetooth. It was up to yeah, date. Yeah, it had a good stereo. It was like fantastic. So we bought it. I was kind of surprised that Kelly had chosen the car with a manual transmission and then we realized she gave me the wrong number the car she wanted to see was a forester the one we looked at was an impreza but i said no this is the goods and then shortly after we bought it if anybody's ever owned one of these older impresas it started smoking and the gaskets were gone and we spent a whole basically smoked till the day it died no it didn't it smoked and then we spent a whole bunch of money to get the gaskets redone. You they, did, not me. You yeah, did, they which did I a, do appreciate. Yeah, they did a good job. They fixed it. Then Callie pulled out in front of a truck and got the front end taken off of it. With his best friend in tow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she'd gone to pick him up to do us a favor, and it cost us the front end of the car. And then somehow, and this is honestly like one of the greatest things I've ever done, and you and I did it together, which is fantastic. We fixed the car. The tow truck driver, as I assume we're going to tow this thing that we spent all this money on to the scrap heap, he's like, you could just fix the front end and you'd be fine. So we did. Because the was radiator amazing. wasn't damaged, which I did have to then replace a couple weeks later. But No, the radiator was damaged. We just didn't notice it being damaged. <laughs> yeah. Um, it took us like basically, it was May? Yeah, I got into my accident so like May, June. October. Yeah, May to October. It took us, it was really hard to find parts. We got it fixed. It got up and running. It was great. It's running again. Everything's fantastic. Every now and then we'd have to put another rivet in the bumper to keep it on. The bumper, front bumper was a different color than the rest of the car now. Who cares? It added character. Yeah, it, it got you through winter. Started to smoke again. And it is a great car in the winter. If you were a dad of a young child out there who's just getting their license, buy them a Subaru Impreza. Yep, amazing. I've never felt more confident zipping around the winter time in that little boy yeah it was a great little car it's so low down yep it's fantastic the their all-wheel drive is fantastic you learn to drive a standard and the craziest thing was i remember trying to teach how to drive a standard i wanted to kill myself here's the crazy <laughs> thing about teaching your your young daughter to drive first you have to teach them how to pass the test the driver's test which was like made in 1937 or something it has nothing to do with modern day driving so then they get a learner's permit no 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 you 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 they study to get the learner's permit then you have to teach them how to drive so they can pass the test they pass the test to get the driver's license I remember we were learning how to parallel park and he turned to me the day before my test and he's like, I just don't think you're going to figure this one out. I don't think you have this in you. Ouch. Well, you know. You said that to me, but okay. I know. I know. And I, I did. It was tough. It was I frustrating. Passed. Yeah. It was, it was, I know how to motivate you. I parallel parked maybe three times in my life. That was one of them. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing. You, you learn, you take the, the train, you, you do whatever you do, you pass the test, you know how to parallel park. I swear to God, yesterday she tries to park her car, she's driving her car, she tries to pull into a stall in a parking lot, she doesn't know how to do it. So they know how to parallel park, they don't know how to pull into a stall in a parking lot. It's absolutely bizarre. Drive a small car for a reason. Yeah, oh my God. She drove my truck for a while. Yeah, and I drove the Impreza. It was great anxiety, because it did take me a global pandemic to figure out how to drive my car. Yeah. As the standard. But I remember, I remember driving with you and you were like terrible, but you were okay and you were good enough. And I just feared for your safety, but it's like, all right, she's got to learn. And then time went by. And then I remember you were driving me in the old Impreza and I, I couldn't believe how good. And even now when I drive with you, I can't believe how well you drive a manual transmission. Like 
I will give you three pieces of advice to out there if you overdrive standard. One, I again cannot thank you enough for how far you got me there, but here are some pieces of advice I picked up from other people. I got this from an actual race car driver. I don't remember his name, but that's not important. He said, you want to make it seem like you're not, you want your passenger to not know that you're driving a standard. That was very helpful. Then my old spin instructor told me to, when I'm stopping, to put it into neutral. So helpful. And those are the two pieces of advice that I got me far. Yeah. To the point where I now drive a manual new car, which basically drives it. Yeah, and less than 3% of new cars are manual transmissions. So you have like this skill, which when you're like old, you'll be like, I used to be able to... Which I'm going to be honest, it's becoming an inconvenience because like one of my friends and I drove to Calgary, which is three hours away from where I live for Stampede. And she was like, oh, I'll drive, but I don't know how to drive a standard. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I did, I did not prepare well for this. But your car, you, the other thing is your car is so good. Like it's so smooth, right? It basically drives itself. Like it tells you what gear it's in. It's very hard to miss a gear. Anyway, we're doing a terrible job of talking about our differences between our generations. But what well, can you do? be a bad time to tell you I have to pee. recently learned. Did you know that Bert Kreischer's full name is Albert Kreischer? No, I had no idea. I, I assumed it, I, I mean, if somebody asked me, I would assume it wasn't Bert. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, we're calling Jen. I get the birthday. feeling she will not answer. I've never known Jen She'll to answer. stay up past 10 p.m. on a... It's her birthday. No, and it is only, it's not even 10 p.m. there. 9.53. Come on, Jen, answer your phone. Amanda's probably with her. Look at this. She's not answering. It's like last night when Bert tried to call his wife. I wonder if that was staged or not. Hello, you've reached Jennifer. Should we leave a message? Please leave your name and number and I will return. I would maybe block. I can. Thank you. Beep out the career. Hey, Jen, this is a loose and conversational podcast calling. You're a whore. Why wouldn't you answer the phone? You know who this is. I know it's your birthday, but what... What are you doing? What else do you have going on right now? Yeah, Callie and I are trying to call you. Your family, your friends, who cares? Talk to us instead. Yeah, we're going to call somebody else and now we're going to talk about you. Someone we like more. Yeah. Anyway, we, that, that, that was said in, because our feelings are hurt, but we'll oh, try again. Oh, also happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, sure. What a great day to be. How old you are? I don't know. Uh, I think she's probably like 40, 38. I don't know. Well, 40-something, but I don't no, know. No, she's definitely in her 40s if she considers herself a millennial. This is probably not a great voicemail for you. I assume you're one of those people that probably will not listen yeah, let's to call, all of let's this. Let's call her sister and see what's going on. Bye. Quite honestly there, I forgot we were leaving a voicemail. <laughs> it's fun when you forget stuff. I have no idea if I have her sister's number. What's Amanda's name on Instagram again? Let me find that. Miss something or other? Oh, Miss... Miss B- maybe block yeah. that out. Amanda... All right, call him. Call him, Andy. This would be awkward if she's not doing anything with Jen on her birthday. No, I know that they are. I saw her Instagram story. Oh, really? Well, well unless so um, she's not answering either. Amanda and all her friends had a birthday party without Jen. That's yeah, possible. You have reached mailbox number seven eight zero two. Beep that out. Seven two. Oh, please leave your message after the tone. Who's calling? Oh, Amanda is calling. End and accept. Hello? Hello? Hey, is this Amanda? Yeah. Uh, are you with Jen? I was, but I just left. 
Oh my god, you guys are done already? It's like not even 10. They're anyway, mothers, it makes no, sense. No, no, no. Anyway, welcome, no, no, no. welcome to the Loose and Conversational no. podcast. You're on the air with David. My guest is Callie. We're in Vancouver right now, and we were calling to say hi to Jen. But anyway, how are you doing? You're more interesting anyways. Oh, I'm good. I They're not They're not done. I'm, I just left for a dick. You left for a what? A dick appointment. Oh, good for you. Amanda, do you think I want to hear that? You don't want to know that Amanda's bettering her life? No, sometimes I think there's something going on between Amanda and I. It's like Amanda plays with me, right? Like, it's cruel. It's like, it's kind of mean what she does, to be honest. But anyway, we shouldn't get onto that now. We're recording. Question for you, Amanda. Are you not still with Adrian? She is, totally. No, I'm not. Last week's no, <laughs> pictures at Curtis and Joel's wedding were fairly confusing. It would lead the viewer to think that you two were still together. Well, see, when we separated, I didn't think he was still invited to the wedding. And then did still invite him to the wedding. So Curtis decided for me he was my plus one. I do. Are you, are you, are you talking on a phone? Or do you have like an old cardboard tube from, a, <laughs> from, from like some Christmas wrapping paper and your phone's at the other end of it? Is this your car? No, I'm Yeah, I'm driving. I told you. I'm on my way to a sick appointment. Oh, really? Okay. Hey, well, how long till you, you're like... Like you're sucking on it, like it's it's halfway down your throat. Because we were we we're gonna call you back then. No, no, no. Um, I'm about 15 minutes from the place. So 20 minutes. And then I'll be Another question. It's probably 10 p.m. where you're there. Have you planned this? Did he just send you a you up text? Where was the where was the pre planning yeah, on this? Who is this? Who is this lucky guy? Where did you meet him? It was pre planned. Okay. We met on Tinder, and he was he's a CFL player. Oh, is he the one that when we went to that game, you were sort of talking to? Yeah, is it the same guy? Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. exciting. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, we're the good for you. We're happy for you. We're going to call you back in 20 minutes and see what's going on. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to pick up David. What's that? Let's hope she gets more than five minutes out of this. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully. Anyway, you have a good time. Can, can we put this on the podcast? Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Oh, you're the best. All right. Well, I love you, and I hope you have a really good time. Bye. Bye-bye. I love you, David. Bye. Well, that was kind of, that was something. I love when people call it dick appointments. That's so funny to me. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what romances become, eh? Dick Her appointments. sneaky links. What's a sneaky links? What's that? It's like when you don't really talk about your relationship, you just have a dick appointment. Like, I'm sure they're sneaky links. That's crazy. And you could tell when she was, like, driving there, she was, like, eager to get there. Like, you could tell she was speeding. You could hear the urgency of David. I got. I got a dick appointment. I gotta go. She did leave her sister's. I know that's party. crazy. It's a little rude that Jen did not answer our voicemail. Yeah, what the fuck is Jen's problem? She's supposed to be a goddamn podcast co-host. She won't even answer the phone. We'll try her again. You should now Facetime her. A real bold move. I don't think. I don't know if Facetime will work on here. Are I you, could try. Are you a Whitney Cummings fan? Uh, sorta. Are you? She's on our garbage. Yeah, I like Whitney Cummings. We're calling Jen again, in case you're wondering. I wonder how much of this will be edited down. I'm having a great time now. Oh, we're at a, almost we're at an hour and 45 minutes. People listening will be at like... I would get rid of the beginning. That's what we do. Well, you got to keep some of the beginning, though, because that's... The, the I I was bored. I can't believe she's not answering. I wanted to look at my phone. Hello, you've reached Jennifer. Please leave your name and number. And I will text her. Just say, answer your phone, whore. Thank you. Answer your phone, whore. This is the podcast calling. Like, what are you doing? When this starts making millions, you'll regret not answering I, I, this I phone call. I hung up already. 
Anyway, yeah, text her. We all need to text her. I only DM Instagram. This is humiliating. Um, I only DM Jen when she Instagram when she messaged you after I drunk posted on Instagram because I exclusively drunk post on Instagram because I need others in my life to know that I am fun and I am having fun. You are fun. And she said, I think Callie's drunk. And then I texted her to make sure she knows I was indeed drunk. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they were good. They were they were very drunk pictures. I'll put it like that. Oh, definitely, yeah. Why the fuck is Jen not talking? Should we call my mother? There's no way she's no, still she would. No, she would be mad about this. Answer your phone! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Who else would be at her birthday party? Curtis, I know, is there. I don't know their numbers, though. So who else is there? I don't know. Who from this picture do you know? Hold it, otherwise it's going to go away because it's an Instagram story. Uh, that, is, that is not a flattering picture. I don't know who cut that poor man's hair, but he should go back and get a refund. All right, we're going to give Jen a call now. It's like 10 p.m. I think this is the last time we can try to give her a call. I'll take this voicemail if she doesn't answer. You what? I'll take this voicemail. Oh, excellent. Hello, you've reached Jennifer. Please leave your name and number, and I will return your call as soon as I can. Thank you. Hi, Jen. At this point, you might just be a bad person. If someone calls you three times in a row, you answer. Do you know if they're on fire? Do you know if they've been hit by a truck and are trying to reach their emergency contact? No, you do not know that. You should answer. You are a bad person. Please call us back at your earliest convenience. Goodbye. Yeah, this is all going on the podcast, Jen. We are having a great time. I get it. It's your birthday. You're with your husband. You're with your friends. Blah, 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 blah. You could be talking to us, who I have been told before. We are a great time. We are. And your sister left your birthday party. To go have a dick appointment. So it is obviously... Not yeah, a great party. To, to, to go suck the dick of a backup defensive back. All right? So it's obviously a boring party, and you could use some yeah. entertainment. Yeah, you could get everybody hooting and hollering into the phone, but you're not. All right. Well, we're going to stop, and then we'll probably call back in 30 seconds. Bye. <laughs> Jen, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you feel bad about yourself. I hope you think... No, that's the thing. She doesn't listen to the podcast. She's the co-host. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Jen... If you, one of my dear friends, Dawson, Dawson, I know you will listen to this. I honestly hope you won't, but I know you will. Why would you hope she wouldn't? I'm fairly drunk right now. You're loose. You're loose and conversational. If Dawson is a phone time gal, she has at any point over a hundred on red texts. That gives me great anxiety. We are different people. Whatever. Dawson will phone you if she would like to talk to you. No, that's horrible. And if you would like to talk to Dawson, you are going to have to call her. How is I going with She has a hundred unread texts? Yeah, let's ask her how many unread texts you have right now. Um, what was I talking about? You, you were talking about, this is going to be so hard to edit. You were talking about uh, how Dawson, you have to call her because she doesn't answer her text. Oh, if I don't answer Dawson's phone call, because like my father, the host of this show, I do not enjoy talking on the phone. Um, she will then immediately call me right after. And then if I don't answer that, will probably call me immediately right after. And then sometimes she will get our other friend, Jackie, who introduced the two of us to call us, call me once again to answer the phone. At that point, I answer the phone. Because if someone calls you three times, they must be on fire. They must be in immediate danger that oh yeah they need this, your help this happens with Caroline and I. I will be like super busy at work and my phone will ring. I'll look at Caroline. I won't answer. And then 
she'll call me again, and I'm like, you know what? I'm sure she's driving home from work. She's just bored. And then she'll call me a third time, and then I'm like, you know what? Maybe she's in an accident. Maybe she needs me. Maybe it's something. And then so I'll answer, and I'll be like, I'm, I'm like, hey, what's going on? She's like, hi. <laughs> Long pause. So what are you doing? So Jen. And then I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? You know the other thing with Caroline and I, where I should know better? And I think most guys, correct me if I'm wrong out there, listeners, most guys know this. You're pretty sure where you're going. There's maybe a question mark with like Google Maps or whatever direction, or or even a gap in your own mind. And the... the, the what do you mean a question mark with Google Maps? Uh, sometimes Google Maps can be a little, it's not clear. Um, and, or wherever you're going, you're, wh- whatever wayfinding you're doing, whatever ancient cartogra- cartography skills that have been passed down through your DNA you're following, the female that you're with, yeah, I said it, listeners, the female that you're with, this is a guy thing and you fucking women are the worst. You will all of a sudden go, I think you're supposed to turn right here. And what do we do? turn right here we fucking turn right because we think oh i don't want to get in this fight and all of a sudden like you're you're 100 kilometers away from where you need to be or at least that's what it feels like god why do we listen by the way callie is taking these extreme steps to make herself comfortable here in the residence in vancouver and uh i can't even describe what she's doing on a scale of one to ten rate how drunk you are i'm a three yourself seven Oh, really? Oh, good for you. Well, we do have very different drinking careers behind us. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm an older alcoholic here. You got that, that, that wonderful you thing about you. I'm at the point where I would start dra- dra- dancing with a stranger. I would, ta- I would start dancing with a stranger. <laughs> I would touch a man with Ronald the McDonald red hair trade. I would touch his hair and then kiss him. Oh my god, now you're making me uncomfortable. That is a... Is this is this a hypothetical thing or something you've done before? That is a true scenario in my life and you want to know like what Like you hap- kissed him on the cheek or on the lips or you... You want to know what happened after that? Um... You picked me up and drove me home. Oh, I was gonna say, I gotta roll some dice and... After this, we dance a little more. I say, oh, gotta go. Hop into father's truck. And then, uh, do you never, never heard from the guy again? Oh, I did not get his number. I cannot express to you how much he looked like Ronald McDonald. One of the funny things is my friend Dawson has also made out with this man. Different occasions, different times. I haven't frequented Midway since. This guy must have some game. If he looks like Ronald McDonald, if I looked like Ronald McDonald and I went into a bar, I don't think I would be like, I'm going to make out with a bunch of chicks. I think a lot of it is just time and place. He'll be dancing with you. He'll be close. He'll say, do you want to touch my hair? You're drunk. You're like, sure. You touch his hair. Then he's, then you just start kissing. Well, now suddenly I feel uncomfortable. Two can play at this game, big guy. <laughs> no, I'm glad you've uh, made up with a guy that looks like Ronald McDonald at a bar. That doesn't make me feel uncomfortable at all. Oh, you must remember that you were talking about my mom, my mother, seductively texting you. She wasn't texting. We didn't have text back then. There was a phone on the wall with a cord long enough that I could sit on the couch and use it. That's what we were using. I don't want to get into this, but I don't understand how phone sex works. I cannot wrap my brain around it. Oh, I have no idea either. I hate to break it to you. Oh, you think I'm like like in the know with phone sex? You live in a long distance relationship. I don't know what's going on in your life. No, 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 not phone sex. I, I'm I'm such a sap. Like girls on OnlyFans, the girls I like on OnlyFans are the one who are like. 
like interesting. Like they never post nudes. There's like two of them on OnlyFans. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna absolutely get rid of this. I'm not gonna. This is a waste of time because this started out a long time ago with the podcast. We were gonna do an OnlyFans episode, and like it's for been forever since with I got rid of those. Today you called the fat dum dum. What's that? With who you called today the fat dum dum? The uh, but there's like these two girls who are like they're just interesting. They just point like, post like interesting things in their lives and it's like $3 a month. And I'm like, I am absolutely a, a, an idiot sucker, but you know when you see people who you follow on the internet and then you find out they have an OnlyFans and you're like, ooh, I would love to know what's going on back there. Yeah, I have a job I uh, and an OnlyFans account. I just see what's going on. It is always disappointing. It is 100% always disappointing. OnlyFans, we should like revisit the OnlyFans thing because OnlyFans is still absolutely 100% the most ridiculous thing out there. I wonder how much the average OnlyFans fanner made. Not much. There was actually a really good uh, person venting on Reddit the other day about how just how much work is involved in it and how um, how you really don't make you don't even make enough money to pay bills on it. But it's, so it's like, why do it? That's wild that we live in a world where people could take naked pictures of themselves and then pay bills. But this is the thing: like taking a naked picture of yourself and posting on OnlyFans isn't enough. Also, why pay for porn when it's so readily available? A hundred percent. That's the thing that that that's is super confusing. So then the. People People that you're paying with, they have to have like this magical collection of like girl next door, able to make a connection with you, but at the same time posting like hardcore pornography, right? Or there's no point. And and like, why would anybody do that? Like, that's so much work, right? And I think that there's a few out there who are able to produce high quality content and make a good living at it. But it's a few and you have to commit to it. Like, this has to be your thing. You can't also be a teacher or can't also be a, you know, a this or a that. That's another episode. Anyway, we should, let's try Jen one more time and then we'll sign off because this is going to be hell to edit. You want to try Jen again? I think we should try Jen again. She's not going to answer. We're going to leave like another offensive message to her and... Like, now it's almost quarter after 10. At this point, it is 10.13 where she is. Yeah. She also does have two youngish children. She's got babysitters for the children or something. I think she's at her house. She's at her house? I think so. Are you looking at her Instagram? I she's only still saw Amanda's. I can't believe she's still answering. Hello, you've reached Jennifer Tool with... Please leave your name and number, and I will return your call as soon as I can. Thank you. Hi, Jennifer. We know from your sister that your party is, in fact, still going, so I don't know why you've denied so many of our calls. You don't know that we're just recording a podcast. We could be stuck in a manhole trying to get one last hope to get out of this hole by calling you. You are not answering. I swear to God, Jen, this is this is the greatest like insult you've ever given. We've called you like so many times. We called your sister, who was on her way to, as she said, a dick appointment. Dick appointment. Yeah. She answered. She you answered, have not. and she talked to us. Yeah, yeah. I have seen from her Instagram story that you seem to just be at your house, so I don't know why you were not answering. And I know you are of a generation close to mine, and I am 100% sure that you have your phone close, if not on you. And I do know that you are in a high-powered role. And you and you never don't look at your phone. Yeah, so you are actively ignoring us at this point. Yeah, our feelings aren't hurt. And we are no longer fans of yours. Well, no, that's not true. You're being a little hard there. I am no longer a fan of yours. <laughs> 
she's not going to listen to your podcast anymore, which is the podcast she's on. Anyway, Jen, uh, if you could call us back, we'd appreciate it. Although, never mind, because we're going to sign off right away. Oh, but again, happy birthday. Hope it's a good one. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm just texting you right now. We are shit-talking you. I cannot wait till Jen opens her voicemail tomorrow morning or Monday morning to read all of her professional voicemails and then gets four slanderous voicemails. Nah, slander's not the word because she's not answering the phone. This is hurtful. She's supposed to be podcast Jen or co-host Jen. Are co-host we still Jen. leaving her a voice, voicemail? Yeah, we are. Oh. We have, we have, this is two minutes we're into this voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Jen knows that we have the ability to call people on the podcast now. She must, because she was Jen, a part we, of the Jen, point phone call episode. No, no, no. The, the 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 drunk dialing episode involved all this like complicated shit we had to do. Now the Vocaster Two, our newest piece of equipment. I just connect my phone to him. We call. It's super easy. I would love to keep shit talking, Jen, but I do have to go to the bathroom again. Okay. Well, let's. You know what we should do? We should hang up. Then we should call one of your friends. I really don't want to do that, but okay. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna hang up for Jen because Jen's not helping us out at all. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Loose and Conversational podcast, everybody. We're gonna sign off now. We're still leaving a, vo- a voicemail for Jen, but it's been. Thank you very much for being a guest, Kelly. You were absolutely fun. Thank you. If you know me in real life and are listening to this, please don't bring it up or talk to me about it at all. That no, would absolutely, be you should. Greatly absolutely, you should. Appreciate it. And I like the fact that we we ran this podcast until Hall- Kelly had to go to the bathroom, and that's when we had to stop. I have also gone to the bathroom once before during this, and I have, in fact, gotten loot. I would rate myself an 8 out of 10 on the drunk scale. Alrighty. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers for Season 2. We're really looking forward to having you guys uh, listening and doing this again, uh, maybe in a little more formal sense. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, let us know. We'd love to have you on. If you're in the Calgary area or the Edmonton area, let us know. If you're in San Diego in two weeks, let me know. If you're in El Paso at the end of October, let me know because that's where the tour is going if you are one of the missing women in the city of Juarez which is next to El Paso also let him we know. would love to have a missing woman from Juarez no that's weird that's, that's, that's creepy when you say that wouldn't you like to know solve a crime like that crime podcasts are very big uh, they are we, we did a couple uh, sort of ish uh, weird little... And that's why I don't like true crime because she made up a very good point. We all... are we still leaving a voice message for Jen? Yeah, we're 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 recording the last so far four minutes of the podcast while leaving a voice message for Jen. I did not know you could leave four, ma- four minute voice. I, I assume it's going to like boop boop and we're going to be done at some point. I kept expecting that, Jen. If you're still listening to this, you're a real one. I probably would have given up ten seconds. Oh, I in. guarantee she's not listening to this anymore. I guarantee the listeners aren't listening to this anymore. This is I'm the longest sign off ever. I'm listening to myself at all. <laughs> I'm now sitting on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, Kelly's like inching towards the bathroom. All right. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Have yourself a wonderful whatever you're doing. Tune in. Loose and conversational anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's it. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for keeping it loose with us. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. Check out new episodes weekly and read our blog on looseandconversational.com. Finally, like and follow us on Facebook. I would love to have something from you in my inbox.